Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Vox. That's V-O-X-X, Human Performance Technology. And what is Vox? What we're looking at is wellness and lifestyle socks, insoles, and 24-hour wearable neuro patches. And Brian, I've actually worn these socks before, and I love them. Okay, I think they're good. great. Yeah, so that you know they have um, independent studies that show that they've uh, or, or, you know can help increase stamina, endurance, and recovery, and and uh, you know some stability, and uh, you know a whole lot more. So we've got information on this on our website. Uh, so definitely go and check that out at twofitcrazies.com under uh, podcast sponsor tabs. Who else are we sponsored by, Christine Conti? We are also sponsored by Conti Fitness, the best in online and personal training, a little mindset coaching as well, yoga, whatever you need, ContiFitness.net. As well as High Five Health and Fitness. So we create positive change in your life with online health coaching from High Five Health and Fitness. That's HighFiveHealthAndFitness.com. Again, all this and more on our uh, podcast sponsor tab on the Two Fit Crazies website. Go check it out. It is Christine Conti. <laughs> and I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Rolling episode 104. The Greg Hanna. That was an awesome episode. What'd you Brian. think of my boy? He was amazing. The people that are coming out of your high school, I am blown away by what they are accomplishing in life. The just inspiring people. What I'm like speechless by, by some of this. And Greg Hanna was no different today. He's uh, he's got uh, he's got this uh, infectious spirit, right? That I, I mean, you, you had to see the text messages that I was getting when we were setting up the, the you know scheduling of the of the thing, and even this morning, and he posted on Facebook. I love when people Just are like, pumped to yeah. come on the show. Well, well yeah. It, and what does that do for me? It gets me fired up, right? This is my own show. Like I'm always fired up to do the show. It's one of the best things I have in life right now. Is is the two fit crazies in the microphone podcast? I love it. Like I love it. It is fun. I love doing the show. I love talking to people. I love getting the stories. I just love the whole goddamn thing. And and you know, Greg has me like ready. He's inspiring me to to be great, right? At at something that we love to do after 104, you know, three episodes. Here's 104, and and uh. And he's and we're still excited, still excited. And he comes episode. And he comes in studio, right? He's uh, he's he's from my hometown. We grew up around the corner from each other. You hear the story uh, going, you know, as we go. Uh, but he lives down in South Jersey now, and he works at Villanova University, um, where he is. I'm going to read this right here. He is the uh, assistant director of the Office of Disability Services, and he's the founding advisor of Level. It's a student uh, group based on uh, inclusion for you know kids with disabilities, but the way he says it, different abilities and abilities, and uh, and how it it works with uh, with all those kids. And oh my God, is he's so inspirational? The, you're going to hear him talk about Level and how he came up with this and all the things he offers and gives students a voice that have. You know, again, not a disability, but just something. Yeah. A different ability. And makes them feel included. Makes them feel like there's nothing different about them than anybody else. And that shine and that love, you will hear that in the episode today. It's such a powerfully powerfully moving story. Um, And he really feels so strongly about this. And that really, he lives his life and, and is so humble and says, you know, this is who I am. He's not doing anything that 
that is that he feels is out of the ordinary, but he is an extraordinary human being. It, it, it really is. And, you know, again, I, I grew up with him. I know him. Um, but then you hear it and you hear it in your ear and you hear the whole story in, you know, in, the, in a nutshell, like in an hour. And and to me, like I didn't know all of it. And, and you hear more about it. It's just he's just an amazing person. And, uh, you know, and he's got he struck up relationships with so many people on the way and the the way that his life has kind of unfolded. Um, to me, it's no mystery. He's that guy. Uh, you know, he's he's that person who, you know, can walk into a room and walk into up to anybody from, you know, the, the rock uh, Dwayne Johnson to Triple H or, you know, uh, and, and make these relationships, strike up these relationships with with these with these people and and have them you know work work to his benefit and have everybody involved and feeling good about it you know he's he's uh working um very closely with eric legrand the Rutgers football player who was paralyzed making a tackle on a kick kick coverage um you know he's become a spokesman and and really an inspirational person for um you know people who have had um uh, paralysis and and uh any, any disability anything anything i mean just for life he inspires he inspires all of us um you know and he's got a a a, a, a um show that series he, is coming yep, out yep. mission M- mission possible mission possible it's not mission impossible it's mission possible and it's a fox sports uh you know fox sports uh publication or show and uh you know they've got everybody on they got michael strahan in there they got triple h they got the rock they got tom Tom brady Brady. they got bill belichick they got all this stuff and they got eric legrand he's so inspiring yeah i mean the whole package with greg and eric and dude you gotta hear it i mean you need two things you need a box of tissues and a brick wall because you're going to want to wipe the tears from your eyes and then run through that brick wall that's true and it, it's just, uh, and it's just the way that he is, and it's just, uh, you know, the way that it is, and and uh, you know, we we put on a podcast which is health and fitness, and you know, we bring we bring all these things together. Inspiration. It's what but it's what about. it's really all about is living your best life, and living a life that you can be proud of, and living a life that that you're not taking a backseat to anything, and and you're living out loud. And that is Greg, and he is, you know, he's just an amazing dude. And you know, we ask him what's next. He says he wants to, he wants to, you know, uh, uh, you know, get back, get in there with his family. That's his goal, right? It's like, you know, of all the things he's doing in life, you know, that's his, that's the big goal. And and it's just, uh, it's inspiration for everybody. And uh, he's doing awesome things, and I'm proud to know him. And uh, me you know, too now. Yeah, my new friend. <laughs> He's freaking awesome. Look, we're not all like that from Manasquan High School, but uh, there's some good eggs coming out of there for sure. Uh, and uh, you know, you just uh, it's it's um, I'm just just happy to know him. So we're gonna let you listen to this one. It's very inspiring uh, and and a great story from Mr. Greg Hanna, episode 104 of the Two Fit Crazy in a Microphone podcast. Let's get it.
Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Episode 104, Brian. That's right. The Quattro. And you know what's awesome? We got an in-studio guest today, everybody. How awesome is this? Pretty pumped up. We're, it's a throwback. We're going way back to Indian Hill Park, early 90s, teaching a kid a crossover. He had no left. He had no left at all. Greg Hanna, welcome aboard. What's going on? Get it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Super excited to be here. You're damn right you are. I I don't know how loud this will be in people's cars or on the computers. You better turn this thing down a little bit because I'm going to get after it. Hey, you're in good company, Greg. Good company. Come strong or don't come at all, right? And you know what? I'm I'm thinking that, you know, this this, uh, Manasquan area, there's some there's some awesome people doing some awesome things thank you i feel like i gotta bring it from my hometown at this point i'm struggling on my end i I was thinking about that and we've kind of had like a like a hometown heroes theme to it lately like we had todd durkin on who's from brick Mm -hmm. uh and he's doing awesome things training people out in san diego and 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 uh you know he's got a massive fitness business going for himself out there he's training nfl people and then we had brian price on uh you know was episode one uh 101 and you know he's manisquan high school grad like myself and like this fella here, Greg Hanna. 98, baby. Class of 98. Oh, I was a youngin'. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, Greg Greg is somebody who, when when we started the podcast, I, you know, you kind of have your fr- you, you know, your friends and you run down and you're like, oh, who's, who would be a good guest? And I'm like, this guy is a good guest. Brian Price was a similar thing. You know, I was like, we got to get him on at some point. We just got to do it. He's doing amazing things. Uh, in life and in, and just you know and he's got changing his, lives is and, what it is is what we're looking for and it's the epitome of sometimes the people that are really making a difference might be right in front of you and you're you know you're searching out in the stars and meanwhile it's right here totally totally and that's uh that's why when when Brian and I started talking it was a no brainer um I was coming no matter what and I wanted to be here not just for for the podcast but you know to let people like I said let people hear what I'm doing and how we vibe and, and try to just bring a good message. And also, too, like all the great things that people can say that I've done, like I, I just chalk it up to me trying to be the best version of myself and and being inspired by those around me and also try to give it back. And and my mom and dad laid that out for me, you know, as a kid on South Street in Manusquan. And then, like, <laughs> today's a good day for me. Like, it, you know, it, this is this is a good day for me. And it's one day that I will share with my family and my friends and, and hopefully people that know me We'll start to pay more attention to what you guys are doing, and that's that's what it is. That's I literally, it. I had that conversation with someone yesterday. Um, one of my neighbors, their daughter's getting ready for their first major internship in Chicago, and I had a Villanova family who I knew that lived in Chicago and had a student that I worked with in Chicago, and I made a call, and I said, hey, I got someone coming out there. Can you keep an eye out? And they were like, 100%, and then I walked over to my neighbor, and I said, hey, you know, when you say goodbye to your daughter, there's someone here that can kind of keep an eye out, and he was like, "Thank you, that's really nice." And I was like, "What's good? What good is your network if you don't use it, right?" right. So, and for um, good stuff, you know, for that, absolutely. You know, just just keep an eye on them. We, and that started from from the beginning. Like that's why I'm sitting here right now because yeah. I remember Brian the same way. You know, I was a little punk with no left. 
Brian was a little punk too, but he was just older. I was than just me. a little, little bit older, older. of a punk. Yeah, yeah, we were all punks. We had like this like neighborhood, you know, crew. And I, from my from my house where I grew up, we had a park right up the street, and uh, you know, it was the neighborhood situation that we all long for nowadays. When it was dinner time, my mom used to come out on the porch and say, you know, Brian and Ed, come home. You know, and we can hear and be like, all right, guys, we're out of here. Um, you know, maybe it took her two or three shouts before we actually listened. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and Greg was one of the kids that was always there, always. Uh, you know, and it was pickup basketball all the time. And, uh, you know, and, and, and there was, you know, if we were fighting somebody, it was at the park. And it was like, you know, it was just like it was just where we went to get dirty. Um, and uh, it was just, uh, you know, and who knew that this kid way back then with no left and braces, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, would uh, would end up doing all these things uh, that he's been that he's doing right now in life. So take us through it. Yeah. What's uh, what's your your current role? You're at, you're at Villanova University. Yep. You got if our uh, listeners could see him, he is fully decked out in no <laughs> care. Well, he's, he's cross dressed here. Okay. We got we got some. Yeah, we are bit. mammoth mammoth hawks. Mm-hmm. Repping my school. Yep. Uh huh. That gave me a degree, and then repping my school that pays the bills. And <laughs> you know, it's uh, two good institutions right there. Yeah. Two great places, and and plus, you know, I'm not only I'm also mammoth county man. This is this mammoth mammoth <laughs> county. Um, yeah, so currently every day when I wake up and, and for you guys too, when you think about like the work that you guys are doing, so every morning the alarm clock clock goes off at 421 and I hit the snooze button once and then I stumble my rear end downstairs to get a good workout in with my wife. We both work out as much as we can in the mornings, usually through any kind of insanity, beach body, Sean T getting your ass handed to you and literally laying on the floor covered in we'll sweat. We'll get you some workouts as well. You work out with Brian and myself. I'll take it. Get you some video streaming. I mean, I'm not, I'm not running a marathon yet, but I'll, uh, yet. I'll, I'll jump on this table and do some burpees until <laughs> yes. I can't quit. But, I heard that too. Um, yeah, maybe one day. But uh, And then I get my three kids out the door. Um, Natalie is six on Monday, and Gregory will be five in August, and then Luke will be three in November, so I take them to school. And what do you call them? The Hannibals. Yeah. The Hannibals. It's the Hannibal Kingdom. So we have three Hannibals. I mean, just in case wrestling comes calling, you know, if the Hulkster wants to sign us on, we're ready to go. Triple H, That's my great. friend, you know, if he wants to call me up, you know, I'm ready. We already have character names, and I can cut a mean promo, so I'm ready to yes. go. Um, but then after I drop them to school, um, I drive to, to Villanova University, and for the past 10 years now, I've been working in the Office of Disability Services, and currently as the assistant director. So my job every day is to make sure any student that is registered with my office with a physical disability has the full access to the Villanova experience. Um, the great part there is is when a student comes in that, like I came with uh, with Frankie Kenevi from Seagirt, who has cerebral palsy and is in a motorized chair and physically can't walk, talk, and write, and has a personal care attendant to take care of this guy, the school's going to go, well, how are we going to do these things? How is he going to go to class? How is he going to learn? And the kid already had a really good high school experience and had the SAT scores and the grades, but it was like, I knew he could handle school, but like, I want him to have friends and I want him to go to a game and I want him to go to a dance. I want him to go to a banquet. I want him to go to on a retreat. Be normal. Like enjoy what college is. So when I showed up there 10 years ago with Frankie, it was to say, how can I do that so much so for him that if I could make it rock for a guy like Frankie, that anyone else that would come in after the fact that to me would be easy if someone comes in and says they're a type 1 diabetic or they have Crohn's or IBS or sickle cell or, you know, a GI thing or blind or deaf, whatever it is, that I know that I could build something that um, they could be proud of to try to get. and But also, too, to surround every student that's disabled with their able-bodied college peers. I didn't want to create a, 
a team of the disabled, right? So like my office, I didn't want it to be like the warehouse for the wheelchairs, right? right? You, you don't want to do that. So for the past 10 years, every day in Nova's, my goal is to change the way people see ability. I want people to look not just at the chair or at the hearing aids or most of our students are invisible disabilities. They just need to know that they have a team and, and someone that supports them. But also like, I know why I went to college. Like I had an opportunity to go play two years of junior college basketball at Ocean County. And then I got the chance to go to Monmouth and, and I had this great career. And then I, you know, met my wife there. Like I, I enjoyed college for far more than the books. And um, I don't care what ability you have. You're coming to Nova. I'm going to do everything I can to give you that best shot to do it. And, and now it to, so that it extends well beyond the gates of Nova when you leave there. So um, we built the team there the same way I would build a, an all-star team in Indian Hill Park. You know, um, you know, we have, we have our point guards and we have our power forwards and we have our centers. We have our rocks. We have our coaches. Like I, I've taken from every athletic experience that I've had and, and every public speaking experience and religious experience to try to, to build a program. And thanks to my boss who I work with, Steve McWilliams, and then our team, Matt, every day at work is, is awesome. And, um, I think we're doing things that not, not many other colleges in the country are doing. Um, but also I don't think it works without the type of students. So when someone says like, Greg, you're doing great work. I don't know if I went to Georgetown tomorrow and, and brought everything that came with me, would it work? Maybe, maybe not. It works at Nova because of what Nova stands for and the community and the heart and the attitude. And, and it's just something that I jumped right into because that's just kind of how I'm built. So that's why it's, that's why I enjoy going to work every day. I haven't had a bad day working ten years. <laughs> to some of the parts, right? It totally. takes it's it's just ingredients. Totally for everything. And uh, the name of the program is Level. How did you come up with that? True story. I went onto Google and typed in words with the letter V in the middle. <laughs> so when you're thinking really? about really, so <laughs> <laughs> my degree, no disrespect, but it's not Ivy League, okay? I, you know, Harvard didn't teach me that. Mama taught me that. All right, so. Um, it's about thinking quick on your feet. So basically the way that worked was when you think about starting a group and, and a student helped me start it. So when, when the student came to me, Ariana, when Ari came to me and said, I want to form this group around ableism and really try to give students with disabilities an opportunity to connect with the school. And I was like, I'm, I'm in, this is what I want to do too. Um, I was like, let me start thinking about the bones. Like, let me, you know, you think about what you'd want to do as a student and let me try to build and for the bones, it was a name. And I literally went to Google and typed that and you get this list of words and I'm looking and I see level and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, I like the way it looks. And I was thinking about like leveling the playing field and like equal for all. But then I knew like the Villanova V strategically, I knew people would be like, oh, it's a great idea. It's really smart. And, and then for a branding standpoint, I knew that I could make shirts and hats and all these things. Um, phone cases, you know, we, we had to market because what we were doing was new. The idea of a student group around the ability issue that wasn't just going to get in a room and talk about issues of the day and then try to maybe advocate for like a, a social change or like a, a political movement. Like we were looking to change our campus. We were looking to change our faculty. We were looking to change the staff. So I wanted people to see it and it just worked. And I had to go through all the proper approvals to make, you know, the shirts and the hats and everything else. But the name literally came from <laughs> a quick brainwave and a Google search. And, and here, I mean, the group started in 2011. So here we are now. So it's, and it's become one of the larger groups on campus. Um, we've done some crazy stuff. I mean, some of the things we've done with that group in that time, but thanks to Ari, the student's vision and, and my kind of passion to make things happen and, just creativity with the computer screen one day. Here we are. Don't you think it's meant to be? Don't you think that stuff is kind of like 
dropped in front of you for some reason. You know, there's got to be there's got to be something out there that's like, bam, makes you see this. And my whole life, I've wondered those moments. To be very honest, like when I think about who I am and where I am and and why I am, most of the time in the moment, I do not think it's like someone moving the sticks, right. Pup, the puppet right. strings, and then. A year or two goes by, or ten, and you're like, "Holy you're like, wow. crap, what just happened?" So, like that word that I just searched for was meant to, totally. you know, like look at. I mean, it wouldn't totally. be any other way. It wouldn't. And look I, at the two of us wackos with the, you know, with our two feet crazies <laughs> and a microphone. We you think just, you we think just, that was like a that was you know, a big Google search to get that word. Actually, <laughs> we just stole it from Beck lyrics. Oh, shh. <laughs> sh- no, that's right. Beck, but, send the letter. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, totally. you know, really, it's almost meant to be, or who you are, and and it's. Just something so universal. Like yeah. I look at that word, and after you you saying, you know, you're leveling the playing field. And I love the word, you know, ableism. That mm-hmm. you are, you're able, and you know, you being that, you know, that pivotal, you know, point of someone coming to you and saying, we should do this. And yes, yes, we should. I mean, let's. There is no disability. Seeing it as ability. Totally. And. That's huge. So now, what? Um, so now, take us forward. What are what are some of the things that specific to, you know, Villanova that you've that you've implemented and seen? Yeah, absolutely. So it's you know when you think about you know going to class, Nova's a top fifty school in the country. So kids are coming, um, families and however they're doing it, they're paying a lot of money to send their sons or daughters to Nova. So they want to get a quality education, um, and they want to have the ability for a quality life when they graduate. So the level of competition and the caliber of students has only elevated in my years there. Um, but there's still that. I, I've even heard it recently that it's, it's, it's tough. It's like really tough. People that, that went there and even people whose kids went there, yes, sir. their kids can't get in with high, high grades now. Yes, sir. So it's um, Mr. Gaynor, our director of admissions, would probably shake his head at me if I said this in a sense only because of the numbers. I, I know that they broke 25,000 applications. They're probably 26, 27,000. So don't quote me on the number, but, you know, you get 25,000 applications for a freshman class of under 1,700. I mean, yeah. that's intense. That's insane. Yeah. And our current mm-hmm. seniors who are walking the podium today at commencement, um, their chances of getting in as incoming freshmen this year would still be very difficult, even though they're still walking that campus today. Thank goodness we're done with this, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Good so, luck, kids. Um, it was hard enough than it was. <laughs> and we were just having that conversation, my wife and I, because my wife's a high school special education teacher in, in southern New Jersey at Seneca High School. The caliber of students at, at NOVA has changed, and it's also changed a little bit of like their ability to want to be involved in a lot of other things because they're so focused on the end game. So that the job for us has changed to try to bring more things in that aren't just exciting, but also can maybe add some value as they build their complete experience. Right. So uh, when I think about when we first started with level, it was like, let's just hold some meetings and let's put some free food out there. Cause all the college kids are going to come after the free food. And, you know, let's maybe then like have a speaker here and there, you know, and let's um, have like a barbecue one day and let's just try to get people out. So just visually the campus can see a group moving. And then it's like, okay, you're going to need like that apparel and that swag. So people then see your branding and your marketing. They're like, what's level? What's level? What's this? What's this shirt? What's this hat? Um, and then it went from meetings to me wanting to learn what the school did. So there's a couple of things. So one thing that we installed a couple of years ago is we do like a fully accessible retreat. So I go down to Medford Lakes. Um, it's like a Y camp down there and it's um, zip lines and rock walls and all sorts of stuff. And it's completely accessible. So I'll have students that are in 
motorized wheelchairs and full body harnesses 40, 50 feet off the ground swinging like jungle cats. And you know before they strap up into that harness, the heart's pounding, they're nervous and scared and all these things. But then when I go and do it, and I'm an able-bodied cat that's done a lot of crazy stuff, I feel that same pump in my chest, right? So we automatically can get on the same field right there. And then when I accomplish that, then I'm high-fiving and dapping people up. And it's the same thing when one of my other students comes down. Like, I have a guy who's blind and climbs, like, a 45-foot telephone pole, like, with the staples. Yeah. And then gets on this balance beam and walks across it and has a pool noodle and is sword fighting another dude, like, 40, 50 feet in the air. But for him, like, to let go when he can't see a damn thing... It's it's intense to watch, but also like the feelings he's having are the same feelings that every single person's having. And that's where I deliver that like small little piece of like, see how close we really are? Like being out in this element, which is different from Nova, away from the gates, away from class. It's a great bonding thing. We've done that like five, six years now. And it's a one night thing. And we went for the first year because I guaranteed, I told Frankie that before he graduated, I would do it. So I had to do it four years and yeah. his senior year he went for the first time and there was 25 kids which was incredible last year we had like 70 like wow. and it's just like so that's a cool piece there and then um we did um we do a casino night fundraiser so you got to raise money if you want to have all this crazy stuff because the school's not paying for it and not for any good bad reason you got to fund your right, initiatives right. so um one day I'm looking, there's this book of all the fundraisers that Villanova runs, and I don't see a casino night, so I'm like, oh, I want to run one of those. And my, my boss, Steve's like, you're, you're nuts. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're going to run a gambling event at a Catholic school? And I said, yeah, I'm going to. And he's like, well, I'll, I'll support Amen. you. I'll support you, but you know, don't, don't know if it's going to work, right? So I'd only been there like a year at the time. And I attended a casino night at Monmouth when I was in school there. I didn't know how to do one. I just know I went to one and I liked it. Yeah, so it now was fun. I'm, I'm going to take it on. So I go and see Father John Stack, who is the vice president for student life. And I said, I want to run this event. And he, I'm only a year into the job. And he's like, hey, Greg, uh, you want to run a gambling event at a Catholic school? And I said, yes, sir. Um, I said, but it's not a gambling event. It's a community night. We're all going to come together and have fun and get to know each other. No one's going to win money. It's all going to be tickets and prizes and like, no cash is going to come out of this thing. There's no high rollers. There's no VIPs. There's no black cards. Like, we're, we're going to have a fun community night. Still involves gambling, right? And I, I said, yes, but there'll be, like, you know, boardwalk games, too. They can be, like, you know, throwing the ball at cats and putt-putt golf. And <laughs> it's like go fish. Yeah, so, like, and, and I've only been there a year, so I really didn't know anyone that well yet. And he's like, but you're saying that there's going to be gambling. And, and I literally said to myself, I'm like, <laughs> this might cause the pink slip, but here we go. So I was like, uh, Father Stack, I'm Lutheran, first of all. And uh, and Martin Luther was an Augustinian, and he broke away from the Catholic Church. I was like, so I'm kind of like the second coming right here on one side of it. But on the other side, I've driven past Catholic churches my whole life, and there's always a sign out front for bingo. Bingo. So what are we talking about? <laughs> yes, great. And, and he Get looks it. at me, and he just literally goes, good point, Greg. You can do it. <laughs> I was thinking about the bus trip that they all, the ladies all make to Atlantic City, yeah, but yeah, 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 bingo every night. Or you night. see the big Cadillac in the grass. One chance, six hundred and fifty dollars. You might win a, you know, a caddy. Yeah, you know, right. but it was, but that event went from. Uh, I was told yes, and then three weeks later, I planned this event, and I think we made fifteen hundred dollars year one. But like that was a big thing for the group. This past year was our seventh or eighth, and I think, I mean, we make like forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. That's awesome. Wow, that's and awesome. that helps fund all of these things that we're doing, right? So now I have that, and, and I 
I get bored, right? So then I'm like, all right, what's next? And the last thing I'll tell you in this little part of it here is, is Villanova is a, is a big school on service, um, service above self and mm-hmm. service initiatives. So they run these service break trips. So when we have a fall break or a spring break, students can forego the trips to Punta Cana or to Jamaica or you know, things like that to, to go somewhere and maybe do a habitat trip or, you know, things like that. And, and I looked at them for years and not that they weren't accessible, but Habitat for Humanity in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, you might be sleeping on a floor somewhere mm-hmm. and that might not be safe for some of our students. So for years I was like, I'm going to build a break trip from scratch and I want to do it. And, um, there was a, a great Villanova alum, Bob Burns, who's just a tremendous Villanova asset and came into my life years ago. And he said, Greg, you need to come and see us down in Carolina. I said, okay, Bob, we'll, we'll talk about it. And he said, you have to meet my wife, Tracy. I said, great. Can't wait. His wife, Tracy works for these two equestrian centers and they do all these equine facilitated learning and horse therapy and all these incredible things. And they work with wounded warriors, veterans, kids, mental health, behavioral, all these. So I knew that they were set up for a disability side of it. So I knew that like the accessibility piece was there. And I was like, okay, can I get there? So then I knew that we had vehicles I could get our kids there. And then I said, where am I going to stay? And then um, our students researched um, and we found a hotel that was fully accessible. So they would lose a little bit of like that camp environment of all like sleeping around the same campfire. Mm -hmm. But I also knew for a a parent or a student that had a certain medication regimen or a certain thing that I could take care of them safely and securely and just a place to put your head down. And um after nine years, uh, this year was our second one. So two years ago, 21 students took a 10-hour drive to Statesville, North Carolina, just uh, outside Davidson by Davidson College, where Steph Curry used to light up. And uh, and we had a or, fully or accessible. Or Mark Donnelly. Who, or Mark Donnelly. Mark Donnelly, another Indian Hill. His kids are now Indian That's Hill right. alum, right? That's right. He lives right across the street. So we did a fully accessible service break trip. And um, it was a game changer for the, for the office and for the school and um, we crowdfunded for it cause it was a big cost and we raised a whole bunch of money for it. And, and we did it again last year. Um, we took like 19 students last year. So now when awesome. a, so a student comes in and says like, I'm thinking about Villanova, what does your office do? And then we can say these things. And most parents and kids are going like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that this, you know, resonates hopefully with the listeners in the same sense with, with work or with, with your life or with school. Like, you can go to a school that's prettier than Villanova. I mean, Villanova is a beautiful school, but like you might want to go to South Florida. You might want to go to Southern California. You might want to go somewhere in the Carolinas. You might want to go somewhere in New Mexico, you, anywhere. You might want to go to Notre Dame, whatever. You might find a school with prettier buildings and a prettier location, but you really have to find yourself wanting to surround yourself with the right people. And I, I no one does it better than our office when it comes to that. And I, I make sure a mother and father know that and, and a kid knows that. And if they want to come and be a part of what we're doing, then they have a chance to do all these things and it all just happened organically, which I'm, I'm proud of. And, but also it, it just fires me up because now as I do that, I'm like, what's next? You know, beautiful. what's next? It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I got to ask you. So, I mean, you've you mentioned Frankie a couple of times so mm-hmm. far and, and he's somebody who, who I've, um, you know, I, I watched from a distance, uh, you know, just growing up in the area. Um, how did you get into doing this type of work and what, you know, what inspired you to get into it? What, I mean, it's a, it's a path less traveled, right? Totally. Um, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily uh choice a number one, uh, you know, for, for many, many people, but you know, you thrive in it. How did it come about? It wasn't choice number one for me either. You know, um, hey, this is crazy, right? So, you know, here I am going, this is where you look back and you go like, 
Why did certain things happen this in a certain way? This happened for a reason. All right, so printer guest didn't know we were going to go all the way back here. So here I am. Um, I'm in high school, and I'm playing ball, and by the time he graduated, I had a left that would have smoked his ass. So <laughs> he'd beat me in a raise any day, but I'm going to get around him with both hands. And I grew. See, he stopped yeah, growing. I, I kept stopped. going. I was fully grown you know? in the back then. <laughs> he was the baddest 14-year-old I knew. Because, you know, I I was starting to get going. So here I am playing basketball, and, and uh, I started doing track, and I was a hurdler and high jumper, and, and I could jump, and I could run. And and um, I wasn't going to Carolina, you know. I wasn't going to, to Duke, or but I could play. So I knew that I had a shot at playing somewhere at the next level or running, you know, hurdles, high jump, whatever it was. So I just focused on that and, and became pretty successful. And, and then... Um, I'm in the gym one day at Squan, and uh, I come off the rim, and I land on Jimmy Fagan, one of my good friends, <laughs> one of my best friends. Um, I land on his foot, and I break my foot bad. And at the time, I didn't know. I just I heard it pop and all that stuff. And, but I wound up breaking my foot, and long story short, like any college that even had thought of me coming there was gone. And um, by that time, I had lost deposits and ideas of where I was looking to go. So I had to go to junior college. And I didn't want to go to Brookdale, full disclosure, because I didn't want to see a single Monmouth County person that knew me because of my competitive nature and because of my background and because of some of the things that I had done and being just a young punk at the time, I just felt that I should have done better. So I went to Ocean County College to be away. Hey, you're not the first kid to think of the junior college or, you know, community college like totally. that. You know, it's it's totally. it's an embarrassing situation totally. sometimes. And I learned quickly how incredible the junior college system is after being there. So I go to Ocean County. I start taking classes. I'm walking on campus one day, and I'm wearing my Manasquan basketball jacket. And this suave-looking brother comes up to me and says, Yo, G. And I have no clue who he is. And I said, hi, how are you? I'm Greg. And he goes, yeah, I know you. My name's Donnie Clyburn. I said, hey, Donnie, what's up? He's like, you took care of my cousin pretty dirty when you guys played against Central. <laughs> He's like, you could play ball. You should come play with us. I'm the assistant coach. And I said, Donnie, thank you so much, man. But I, I don't play organized ball really much no more. I, I, I kind of had a bad taste in my mouth just because of the way certain things had happened in my life. I was like, but I'm good, you know, and then I'd, I'd be in the student center doing my work, and Donnie was there all the time playing spades with my team, my future teammates, and uh, he'd be like, you got to come and play with us, and I was like, I'll come to practice one day, I'll come run, and I came out there just to keep him quiet, and plus I had nothing to do, so I, I went to play, and the caliber of players were, they were incredible, um, the feel of the gym felt incredible, and the head coach was a guy, Ron Pohl. And uh, and Ronnie was a player at Coastal Carolina, um, like military style coach, like Bobby Knight driven. You could hear him here in this office if he was yelling in Tom's River, um, but could ball too. And he he turned boys into men. And I just loved Ronnie's voice and I loved his motivation. So I said, I'm, I'm gonna check this out. So uh, I went back into college basketball, and I played JUCO, which was an incredible opportunity. Some of my teammates were recruited by Rutgers, Syracuse. Like, they mm -hmm. just didn't have the brains and the grades, but they were players. So I played at a really high level for two years, and and then uh, comes time to transfer. So I transfer, and, and I go to Monmouth University, and, and I talk to Coach Dave there, and he offers me a chance to play for them for my time there. And, and I said at that point I was already 21, 22, you know, 21, and I was like, 
was like, I'm not going to the NBA. So I, I'll come and run with you guys. I, I get to practice with the guys all the time. And But I didn't want to commit. I just wanted to get moving. Um, so I wanted to be an attorney. So the, the pre-law was taking me through Monmouth. And then it came time to think about the LSATs. And I remember getting the study guide. And it was like, if the audience can see, it's as thick mm-hmm. as like, you know, yep. whatever you deem to be thick as a brick. It, that book. And I was like, nope, I'm not spending my summer reading that. So I decided to get into education, and then I wanted to be a principal, vice principal. I'm a type A guy. and So then I thought about the principal, vice principal thing, and then, um, but I had to be a teacher first. So I was like, I'm going to be a history teacher. I'm a coach and live the life that some of us know so well. From If you're a kid that's really involved in school, you get to know your teachers and coaches. You just see the lifestyle they had, and you, you kind of want it. You know? So that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't want to be a 30-year teacher. I wanted to be an administrator. And then... Um, I remember trying to sit for some of the state exams and I was missing them by like a point at a time. I'm going like, how am I missing these things, you know? And my girlfriend then at the time, who's now my wife, um, was like, something else is out here for you. And I was like, yeah, and being pissed and depressed. And um, so I I had an intern, like I was a long-term sub at Point Borough High School. And I get a phone call one day from Kim Bramley, Mr. Bramley. And he says, Greg, I need to talk to you for a minute. I said, great, I'll come and see you right away. So I came over to Squan one day and he said, we have a kid coming in um, from Seagard Elementary School, who has a pretty big following, pretty big profile, um, physically disabled, CP, this, that, the third, but they're looking for a new aide to come in and work with this kid and really kind of boost his high school and experience, and, and we think you'd be great for that. And I was like, hey, really? You know? And uh, he's like, yeah, I think you're just the guy for it. I want you to go to Seagard and meet with the principal over there, Mr. John Gibbs at the time. Meet with Mr. Gibbs, and he heard about me and like my time in Manasquan and I had the fortune of just being loved in my hometown. I had a chance to be loved by so many people, you know, through my church and through school and my family and friends, you know, so, um, I had a good support system. So he, he offers me the job and says, you do it for a year and I'll write you a recommendation letter to teach anywhere in the country. And I said, okay, deal. Done. <laughs> okay. Um, so when I first met Frank, um, I, not that I didn't have any intention of staying with him, but I just didn't know what the future held. So, um, here I am working with the guy and um, after the first year, I just loved it where I didn't want to leave him alone for the second one, then the third one, then the fourth one. And I just became his guy and, um, you know, got paid enough. You know, I could have been paid more, but I got paid enough given that I had a teaching certificate and a teaching degree. And I had certain qualifications that were more than maybe someone else doing that job as more of an aide. Um, and I was coaching three sports at Mountain School and soccer, basketball and track. So I was like starting my way and um so I just kind of, it found me, you know, I didn't go looking for it. And, you know, the crazy part is, is if I don't break my foot, I don't go to Ocean County. I don't go to Ocean County. I don't go to Monmouth. I don't go to Monmouth. I don't meet my wife, you know, all these things. And now, like, I look back and go, like, like when Jimmy got married, I remember reading at his wedding. I told him, you know, I thanked him for what he did um, <laughs> because it gave me Diana and, you know, now my kids and stuff like that. But also, too, like, who knows if I would ever found Frankie, right? And, and. The reason why Frankie's become like the cornerstone of me in that sense is because here was a kid that had everything, um, just his muscles couldn't work. And it fired up that competitive nature in me to like, to be like, this kid's got it and I'm going to let people see it. Um, the idea of being an attorney, I mean, I work with the ADA and compliance and legal all the time. So I'm looking in documents. So I didn't lose that side mm-hmm. of me. Um, I'm a college administrator now. So the things that I do... It's the perfect storm, but when I look back and go, like, this was going to happen to me, no shot. 
um, but I wouldn't want it any other way. But that, it was just this trickle of events. And even, there's other, like, little pieces, too. Like, I, this, this stuff's so crazy. So when you get jobs, right? So I keep hitting this thing. So you get jobs. I just want to be, like, in the restaurant business. I'm going to go be a waiter or host or whatever. I can talk to people, gab, right. take my tips and go. I work at a place called Cheddar's on Route 35 in Wall Township, which is now the Applebee's, I think, or right. whatever. Cheddar's was the place. So I worked there through, you know, 15, 16, 17, whatever. One day I go to work, there's chains on the door. Oh. The place closes. They never tell us that we're... We were supposed to go under new management, was what we were told. But I go to work one day, literally, chains on the door. And I'm driving. I got to pay my own insurance, car payments. Like it. Yeah. My dad's like, you're going to earn your keep. I'm not paying for you. So I was like, I need a job. My mom goes, hey, they're hiring at this place called Frankie's. Have you ever heard of it? And it's OTB. It's over the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> when you're from Swan, you're not going over that bridge. Rarely ever. Yeah. All right? Not unless you have to. It's got to be a really, there. a really pretty girl, a really, pre- a really good looking guy. And this know. is a really nice place, too, that we're talking about. Like, this isn't yeah. like, you know, this we're not going like to the... I'm not going to the hole. Right. But like, it's so funny. you know. The bridge creates an obstacle. Totally. That, that us, us Monmouth County folks aren't going over that you bridge. Know? Hey, I had the other side of the tracks. And, you know, where I grew up in Long Island. <laughs> we had the that, South too. Shore. <laughs> and the other side of the tracks was also a very nice area, but it was just the other side of the tracks. Right. You, you know, know, I'm sure there was plenty of girls that wanted to come over the bridge to see Brian Prendergast, you know, like, <laughs> but that bridge was an obstacle, whether they wanted to cross over that bridge or not. So, so I go... I go to this place cold. I'd never even been in the door before. I walk in. I I meet Melissa, Melissa Brown, who was the hostess at the time, and she hires me on the spot, and I start working there. A good year goes by till I meet the owner of the place, whose name is Frank. Now, at, at this time, I'm not working, teaching you. I'm going to school, right? Yeah. So here I am during college, my college years, working at a place called Frankie's for a guy named Frank. And then one night, he brings his family in for dinner. And I meet his family, and I meet a uh, sixth grader who's in a motorized wheelchair with his family having dinner. And I get to learn about him and meet him, not knowing that four or five years later, I'm going to be this kid's attendant wow, and aide that's cool. at Massimo High School. And I worked for his dad. Like, why me in that sense? Yeah. Like, who's watching this happen? Yeah. But these, these things, these choices are put in front of people every day. And I had a choice to do certain things, and each choice that I made may have been controlled in the outer space somewhere and I felt like I was doing it but but something was letting me know and and that's led me through my whole life and it, it even lives in my life now and through other stories whether we get to them or not yeah no about, we're gonna you know, get to it so like my wife and Eric and all the things that I've done I mean just let's let's take crazy. let's take it to the next one you've had you know you've had these these angels in your life right not mm-hmm. clearly uh you know I think that Brian's that, my angel he told me that <laughs> yeah no I am you're welcome yeah. <laughs> you didn't say thanks yet. <laughs> he keeps on the balloon that flies away and he jumps it and brings it back down come get on here, get that uh, you know, so you have Frankie. How does Eric Legrand come into your life? Yeah, so, you know, hopefully if any of the listeners, when they hear this, if they're, like, snoring, they might wake up now and hear another one and be like, this guy's still talking. No one's snoring. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> wake up out there. Not so, on our watch. So the way I get to Eric, um, <laughs> again, it's one of these things that you just don't plan on. So I had the great fortune in the summertime of being a counselor for this youth leadership academy sponsored by Rotary called RILA, the Rotary Youth Leadership Academy. The top 125 students from Monmouth Ocean in Burlington County were sent to this for like almost like a boy state, girl state leadership retreat weekend kind of thing. 
And my father was in Rotary in Bricktown, and a lot of our church members were involved in Rotary, and they were like, you should go to this event. So I went to it as a high school junior, and then came back as a senior, and then became a counselor, all the way up to like, I helped lead it for several years. So one year I'm leading it, and I meet a kid from, from Raritan High School. His name's Mike Luciano. I meet Mike. He's just like me. He's like, young, handsome, <laughs> charming. No left. He was a soccer player, not so let that go, this, this guy couldn't... Look, do you have a hoop here right now? I literally will cross this cat up. Look, we are going outside look, in the parking lot. There's two two promises here. One, I'm going to cross him up. And two... I'm going like, to take him for a run. Yeah. Like he did in the Boston Marathon. I'm going to pick him up and carry him back in the office after we're done. And then we're Fair all enough. going out for an Ironman. I'd, ha- I'd have it coming for you. So, so I meet Mike... And he's um, a young, up-and-coming, great kid, soccer player, Raritan, like got the whole world by the you-know-whats, and he's headed for greatness. Um, four days after I meet him, I get an email that one of our students that were involved in the camp um, had a severe, tragic like pool injury, like a diving injury, and was at Jersey Shore Hospital. And then I come to find out it was Mike. Um, at 17, Mike broke his neck and has lived every day since as a paraplegic. So I meet Mike when able-bodied athlete and five days later i'm looking at him in a hospital bed at jersey shore with the neck brace on and they don't know if he'll ever walk again and it was right then and there that i made that commitment to mike just to be his boy whatever he needed however i could do it so mike and i and a handful of us remain friends throughout the years and still are to this day um one day mike comes and visit, visits me villanova when i first got the job and he said uh he's like i'm thinking about writing a book about my life and I said, Mike, I said, I think that's awesome. Because he's done a lot of great things. Like, he, he went on to college. He got his MBA. He was working, living on his own, driving a sports car. And this guy literally takes his wheelchair apart every time to get in and out of the car. Because he didn't want to get into one of the accessible vehicles. This dude goes up to his Honda Accord, opens the door, takes apart his whole wheelchair, transfers into the car, puts the wheelchair in the back seat, drives, takes it apart. Like, incredible stuff. I mean, the dude is a beast. And... um and I said, not that no one reads books anymore, but we're kind of moving to like this digital space. I'm like, we should shoot something with you. We should film something with you. You know, what do you want to do? And he's just talking to me. And I was like, have you been back in the ocean at all? And he was like, not in 12 years. And I was like, dude, we got to get you back in the water. Uh-huh. I said, there's all these guys doing like adaptive surfing and all this stuff. And he was like, that sounds pretty cool. I was like, yeah, I think it's cool. So let me think on this for a couple of days. We'll get back in touch. And at the same time, what's now my production team and my close friends, we were working on this idea of, of kind of like taking like the accessible travel kind of thing. Like where can you go if you're disabled and travel, have a great time and kind of like inject some life into it and be like, what kind of like cool things can you do in life? And let's find some cool people to do it. And I was like, I got this guy that would be great for this. My buddy, Mike, I just talked to him. He's thinking about writing a book X, Y, and Z. I was like, why don't we take him surfing somewhere and we'll film it. And then we'll try to, piece it together and maybe try to sell it. It's like a pilot for something. So that's where, and the whole team was involved in that process. Like it wasn't just me dreaming this up. Um, but I was, I started researching on a computer one day and I found this adaptive surf company in Hawaii. And I called Mike. I said, listen, if you go back in the water, we're not going back to the Georgia shore, brother. Like we're going on vacation, right? I call this surf company cold access surf in Hawaii. It's called. And I call this guy, Mark Marble who was like kind of the running it at the time. I said, Mark, you don't know me. This is who I am. This is what I do professionally. This is a story of my buddy. 
He hasn't been in the ocean in 12 years, and I want to put him back in for the first time with you and your company. I want to film the whole thing, and I'm going to try to put it on TV. If I can get us out there, will you hook it up? No problem. Great. So now, like, we have no money. We're not like a functioning production company. So now I have to get us to Hawaii, okay? How are we going to do that? All right, we got to fly, right? So I call American Airlines cold. I call, like, corporate. I tell them what we're doing. I said, I'll put everything on social media. I'll tweet everything. I'll say you're the greatest in the world. Can you give us any kind of help? They comp us, like, all our luggage and give us, like, priority board. Like, they didn't take care of everything. They're like, all right, we got to drive when we get there. I call Enterprise, cold. <laughs> I said, listen, I'm telling this story, right? And I said, not only that, I said, this kid can drive. I was like, so put a hands control contraption in your vehicle, and I'll shoot this guy driving around the Hawaiian Islands in your vehicle to show that anyone else that's disabled that can drive can literally drive one of your rental cars. And I'll film it. I'll put everything yeah. on social media, whatever. They gave me a rental car for like $10 a day, right? And then I need a place to stay. I forget the contact, how it came, but through Mark, I think. Mark was like, I know this guy, Skip. So I call this guy Skip, who at the time was running Turtle Bay up in the North Shore. Yeah. Right? I explained this whole thing to him, and I'm like, can we stay there? And he gave us two free rooms for a week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing. That trip to Hawaii cost us like 1200 bucks. That's awesome. Right? So then I we filmed this whole experience from Mike being at my house, airport, Hawaii, surfing the whole thing we put it all together mike comes back this is how we get to eric so mike comes back from this experience and he's just he feels incredible which i'm super pumped about and it changed me just as much as it changed him he's like hey i got this work event coming up he works for wakefern which is like a um the procurement department of Shoprite. and he's like uh eric legrand's gonna speak at this event i'm like oh the guy from Rutgers, right he's like yeah i'm like you need to go and talk to him and introduce yourself to him tell him who you are tell him what you did and tell him that you got a friend that you want him to meet and tell him about me and tell him I'll meet him because when we were thinking about the show, I was like, he'd be an incredible face for the show because he's a disabled individual who can uncover these guys' stories because yeah. like here we are sitting here and then you turn on ESPN and you see who's become a friend of mine, Tom Rinaldi from the ESPN piece that we did. He's, right. he's sitting with Tiger Woods after the Masters and it's like this incredible, powerful thing. And Tom is the master of writing and human interest stories. But how cool Everything. is it? Everything. Tom Rinaldi gets your heartstrings for sure. Every time. Yeah. Every time. And But who better to tell a story about someone overcoming adversity than someone that's living with it every day? So I was like, Mike, just tell him to meet me. That's it. So Mike met him after the event. So if Eric was sitting right here, I already know what he would say. He's like, he's like, because people ask him, like, how'd you hook up with Greg? So I emailed him one day. And I was like, can I come and see you? And he was just like, really easy. Like, no problem. Come up to the house, whatever. So. I came cold, and he had no clue, like, who I was. And he's like, yo, this white boy came in here. <laughs> and he just took over. He started talking to me and my mom. And he just wanted to talk to me about this project, and I thought it was really cool. But I didn't know, like, what he did or what, you know. And I sat down with him and Karen. And I can't wait for him to hear this because Karen is one of my favorite people in the world, Eric's mom. I mean, it, it goes beyond what she's had to do to take care of her son. Because, I mean, that's a whole other piece, but who Karen Legrandin as as a person, she's a beautiful person who's funny and engaging, and she's meant for TV. Like, yeah. I wish the cameras followed her around, because she is just a trip. But I wanted Karen and Eric both to know at the time when I met him that I was not looking to get rich off of number one, because I didn't even know how to get rich when it came to TV, because that's not my job. I wanted to extend his career. I wanted Eric to have an opportunity to be more than just the guy that broke his neck playing football at Rutgers 
and he was trying to extend his career through broadcasting and speaking and engagements, and this thing could be something that potentially could extend it. So I was like, if you like what's coming out of my mouth, I'll come back in a week and I'll show you the piece in Hawaii that we did with this dude, Mike. And I came there and I showed it to him and mom was like, wow, this production's really good. You guys do some good work. And I was like, listen, I know my name is not Greg Hanna ESPN or Greg <laughs> Hanna HBO, but the team I have is incredible. And Steve and Matt and JC and Bill, they are surgical when it comes to production and editing and vision and story. So we knew we had something, and, and Eric was like, I would love to be a part of this. So Eric, from a cold meeting, has become one of my close personal friends. Um, I was just at his mom's surprise 60th birthday party. My kids call his uh, his nephew's cousins. I mean, the, the Legrands and the Hannahs were, were a family now, but, but meeting Eric was like anything else. I just walked in and just tried to tell him who we were and what we were about and what we stood for and, and know that I have zero agenda but I promise something will be fun. And then the, the other side of it was with Mission Possible. So here I go, I meet Eric, and we have this idea, and we want to get this TV show off the ground. But, like, I don't know that world at all. But what I do know is I know people, and I had a great network, and so did Eric. So Eric and I literally, for the first year, we would meet with anybody. We drove to Connecticut to meet with people from Subway. We went to New York. We went to Jersey. We went anywhere. And every person was like, this idea is incredible. I love it. How can we help? They would help with anything but writing the check to help us fund it. And that's what we needed. Like, we needed the money to get us going. Big shout out to Tim Pernetti. And Tim Pernetti was the former AD at Rutgers when Eric got hurt. Tim also had a situation with Rutgers that eventually led to him leaving Rutgers. Um, but during that time, one thing about Tim, and, and I'll make sure he hears this too, because... Um, Tim is just a very loyal guy, and Tim stood by Eric and Karen through it all, regardless of what turned on or off at Rutgers, and has stuck to Eric ever since. And I got to meet him, and we sat down for, for lunch one time at, at Chaffee's up in North Jersey. Highly recommended if you live in like the Westfield, <laughs> Cranfield area. Shout out to Joey and Jerry Chaffee. Um, the best Italian food. They're incredible. And I meet Tim, and he's a very powerful presence. He's tall and He's got this awesome hair and like sunglasses. <laughs> he looks like a badass. And, and he was like, what can I do? And I said, we just need your help. We need to get this thing off the ground. And he loves Eric and, and he bought in. And one of his old high school teammates was a guy named Mark Evans, who was an ad sales director at Fox Sports. And call Mark one day with Eric. And we say, this is what we want to do. And we show him the piece. And he's like, come to New York. Let's talk about this. And then from a vision, two years later, it became a, a fully functional web series that Fox helped fund. And it gave us the opportunity to bring this thing to life and we didn't quit until it was coming. I mean, I met and talked and I mean, and now we're, we have to do it now. Right. So it's like, here's the money. You got to do it. Right. And, uh, we needed more help. So Eric's like, well, I'm Twitter friends with, with Doug Ellen, the guy who created entourage. And right. Like, like one of my favorite shows. I'm like, wait, are you serious? And I'm mm -hmm. like, you got to call him. Um, so then I, one night I'm sitting in my house and I said to Diana and my wife, I was like, Hey, I got a phone call at, uh, 10 o'clock p.m. because he's on the west coast i'm like it's with doug ellen the guy who created entourage she's like, are you kidding me and i'm like i don't know what to say i'm such a drama fan i love ari gold like, right. like i want to start screaming lines right victory yeah like everything everything i want to start screaming every line period um and doug gets on the phone he starts talking to, to eric and i and he tells us a story about one of his friends that he was making a movie on um and 
it had a similar feel to things we were doing and he was all in. He's like, however I can help. And I was like, well, one, can we put you on as like a EP? Like, can you produce this thing from afar? Like, can you help us out? And, and your contacts too. And when someone saw Doug's name, that was a little bit more legitimate. And then, yeah, some credibility. And then Peter Berg is on this project and Peter Berg is like Friday Night Lights. And mm-hmm. I mean, Pete's done crazy stuff, right? I mean, you name it, you know, and Pete came on and, Phone calls with Pete Berg and dinner. I'm having dinner in New York City with Peter Berg and and look and, at you, Greg. But like they're normal guys, like the rest of us. And the mm-hmm. thing was, was that and uh, honestly, if you're gonna say no to the project, say no to Eric, right? Right. Let you look that cat in the face and say no, right? So we knew we had a trump card with that, mm-hmm. and not because like oh I'm not saying no to the disabled guy. You believe in his message, oh, so absolutely. believe in what we're doing. No, nah, his spirit is infectious. Totally. And and I wasn't going to quit. So between Eric and I and our team, it wasn't not going to happen. And Pete and Doug and Terry Weinberg, um, who helped produce The Office, and she's been, she was an NBC exec. I mean, Terry, powerhouse female, man. She don't take no... <laughs> and Terry went to every meeting and came after it, and they became like our friends and produ- production partners. And here we go. We create this series, and... Um, we make six episodes, and these six episodes have powerful. Again, I mean, I I'll let you. I mean, I've been talking too much, so no. I know I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys think in the sense of you know if you want to talk about the series or light lay it up however you want for me to talk about it. But it's also, I mean, the people that we were able to bring into this thing, like they weren't just like regular people. I mean. Tom Brady's Tom, in this thing. Tom and Brady, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Triple H, and Michael Strahan. And, you know, Justin Thomas and, like, you know, people are looking at these things and going, like, who are you guys? And, like, who do you know? Because- I want to say, though, I watched, you know, I watched the trailers. You're you're kind enough to send them to us, you know, before before the show. And, and then I, we cried. Yeah, no, I, I cried. No, I cried. I cried massively. I mean, but here's the thing. All those stars, right? All those big-name people. I mean, you got Belichick in there. You got Sean Payton. You got, you know, all these guys. Legrand is a star. Mm-hmm. He is an amazing human being no that wants that 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 makes you want to live a better life for yourself, despite anything that you have going on. Period. Right. Period. Yeah. And and uh, you know it's just he's he's a star through and through. And uh, you know you look at it and and he's got I mean geez right up my alley he's got the um, you know the the two bilateral um, uh, you know women who are leg amputees. And, uh, you know, one of them completed the Boston Marathon in 2016. She was the first double. In the world. In, yeah, first double amputee. Jamie. Yeah, amazing. Oh, amazing. Incredible. And she's got the girl there who is the Boston Marathon bomber who's also, you know, Celeste. from the bombing who yeah. uh, lost her legs in the, in the bombing. And, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it makes you want to run through a wall that's just because uh, – and, and that's because it's possible. Yeah, right? and that's where, like – even like as a group, we were talking about the name for the show and, and like as a production team, all of us, and I remember, you know, we made this list and, and JC, you know, brought this list of all these names this one day and we were looking at them and we kind of, we just kind of liked Mission Impossible. And of course, most people mess it up out of the gate and I get it because if you know anything about the Mission Impossible series or the TV show or Tom Cruise or, you know, you never heard Mission Impossible. I love it. Right. And it just, it just works. Right. And it works. So here we are, we're building these stories and it's the same thing. Like I... I can't shoot with the camera. Like, I, I take zero, zero. I've never held a single camera. Um, I don't edit. I don't know how to work the computers and, and do that stuff. Um, I'm not the greatest writer, but I can I can talk, and I can bring people together, and I can network, 
And that's where my pocket was. And I think the idea for anyone is, is knowing where your strengths are and trying to get the most out of that and not necessarily always feel like you got to improve your weaknesses. Like, yes, there are certain things that I'm not good at. Maybe one day I'll find time. Like, I'm horrible at golf. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll pick up a club and start playing. But I'm really good at this, so I'm going to go be real good at this so it can get me that, right? So being really good at this of trying to bring people together and talking and not being afraid to talk to anybody and share my passion for whatever it is, if you're with me, you're with me. And that's where, you know, we start to uncover these stories. So where do we find Jamie, right? So Terry Weinberg, um, one of our producers, was friends with Jamie. You got to meet her. She tells me a little bit about her story. I get Jamie on the phone. We start talking. I'm like, this yeah. is incredible. She tells me she's the first double below knee amputee to finish the Boston Marathon in the world. I'm like, this is incredible. We would love to have you. She lives on the West Coast with her husband, Bo, and their beautiful family. I said, Eric, you got friends with the Patriots because when you were at Rutgers, your buddy Belichick's son, you guys were teammates. You were friends. He calls up young Belichick, says, I want to come and bring this girl to practice to meet the team. He asks his pop. We get an email from, literally from the man. Bill Belichick. Signed, BB. Right? <laughs> Signs his emails, BB, for all you fans out there. Okay? <laughs> Bill says, more than willing to come. Right? So then they put me on the phone with, like, the director of ops, communication ops. So here, here I am talking to one of, like, the... Stacy James? Stacy James. You know him. You do? A little bit. Hey, yeah. Stacy, I won't give him the phone number. Don't worry. So, <laughs> so I, I, here I am talking to Stacy James, like, Greg Hanna from South Street Medical, <laughs> about bringing our group up there and then bring in Jamie up there and bring in Celeste Corcoran um, and her husband, Kevin, and I'll talk about them in a minute. So, so now I go, all right, we got this thing kind of, we're moving, right? Well, now we're going to go see the Patriots. Hey, Doug, uh, Tom Brady was in one of the episodes of the Entourage, right? You think you can call Tom and see if we can get a couple seconds with him? Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. He emails him. We get an email back from TB12. No problem. <laughs> so now we go, we go, okay? So now we go to to New England, and the first thing we do is we take Eric to the, the finish line, Boston Marathon. See, this is the cool part about what you said. Eric is a star, but Eric evolved. Like, this right. show was about him, because here he is on the finish line where so many people have trained and fought and did everything possible to do that run. And not only does he learn Jamie's story and what it took for her, you know, because Jamie lost both of her legs due to frostbite from yeah. a ski yeah. driving home from a ski trip, like lived 11 days in her car. Like she, she'd had a completely different set of circumstances happen over here to then run the Boston marathon over there right. for her new friend, Celeste Corcoran, who lost both of her legs in the bombing. And Eric meets Celeste and learns about the day of the, like we're literally where right this there. happened. And like Celeste is emotional. Like she, I get it. I mean, she literally was standing near that area and had to, yeah, and Eric's like, what's going on here, Gene? I'm like, Eric, this is this is bigger than us, my man. Right. And we stand at that spot, and we just understand what it meant to be there that day. We understood what it meant to be a champion, to be a finisher, to whatever it is. And, and then we have that moment with them that's super powerful, right? And then the next day, we go to training camp with the Patriots, and then they get to see Eric in his element. And, you know, they joke about it being like Rutgers North because there's North, so many yeah. Rutgers guys there. Right. So they got to see Eric in that spot. And then we hadn't grabbed Tom yet. So the funny thing was, is like practice is over. People are going all the way to different media outlets. I literally walk right up to this cat. Like <laughs> we've been best friends. And I was like, uh, Tom, 
Greg Hanna from Mission Impossible with, with Doug Allen. He goes, oh, hey, hey yeah, yeah, Eric, where's he at? I said, he's over here. I was like, listen, we don't need a lot of time. A couple minutes. That's it. But I said, we don't even need you to say something to the camera. Just talk to Eric. Yeah. And then they start talking. Cameras are rolling. And Eric literally says how he wishes he was on the field with you guys. You know, he's like, I wish I was out here playing with y'all. And, and Tom's like, you're out here with us anyway. And we're like, holy, that's gold. Yeah. That's gold. We didn't ask for it. Gold. Got him. <laughs> you know? So it's like, but that's how that story was built. Yeah. And then, like, we go to Miami, right? Right. I go to Miami to meet a completely different person, first of all. The goal of that story was to meet the gentleman, the young kid who helped set up the Nike flyies, like the adaptable shoes um, that LeBron picked up, and um, Matthew Walzer. I was hoping to meet Matt. Great kid. Great story. If you look him up, he's incredible. I'll get him eventually. And But last minute, Matt couldn't do it. And we were already going. Like, flights booked, everything. So we didn't have a story with, like, two days to go. So I started doing research, and I found out there was a wheelchair basketball team in Miami. I literally called the National League office for the Wheelchair Basketball <laughs> Association, talked to, like, the assistant commissioner, and I said, I need the head coach for the Miami Heat Wheels team. They gave me this guy's number, Coach Parnes. I called Parnes. I said, listen, this is who I am. This is what we're doing. Long story short, I said, I need your number one guy. He said, no problem. Hooks me up with this guy, Jeremy Thomas. I found out he's, like, a wheelchair basketball stud, and he's also, like, a rapper. I'm like, this is an incredible story. <laughs> While I'm building that, we're going to Miami to watch the season two premiere of Ballers in Miami. We're big Ballers fans. I'm like, <laughs> we need Dwayne Johnson. I start calling people with Doug's help from HBO because Doug did Entourage yeah. on HBO for years. So I, a couple people, hey, you're doing this Entourage. You're doing this Ballers premiere. Can we go? Yes, yes, yes. I said, listen, we're bringing some cameras. We just need, like, access to the event just to see it. We don't really need to talk to anybody, but we need to be in a space where we could talk to people. No problem. We talked to a couple people from Dwayne's team. They were like, if you get them, you get them. We didn't know if we were getting them at mm -hmm. all. We went in with zero expectations. So we go. We shoot with Jeremy. We go on an, an adaptive boat out in Miami that Eric and this Jeremy can be on. We're cruising in Miami on a boat, which is awesome for yeah. these guys as wheelchair guys. Um, like Star Island. Like We're like, it's yeah, incredible. Eric, Eric says, I haven't Literally. been on a boat in 12 years and, you know, just things you forget about. Jeremy's freestyle rapping on the boat. Like, we're all <laughs> hanging out. Now, mind you, the time I'm calling my wife and she's home with three kids and she's like, <laughs> Natalie just, you know, went to the bathroom. Gregory's pooping on himself and Luke's throwing up. I hope you're having a great time. And I'm like, I'm working. No, it's awful. Yes. Yeah, but shout out to my wife for making that work. But it was like, you know, here we are in Miami and then we go to the Ballers premiere and Jeremy was so excited for that, too. Like, you know, we got to see him in his basketball world, and the guy's an incredible wheelchair basketball player. Like, incredible. Super strong, super fast, sweet stroke. The guy can play. And then he gets to see Eric in, like, this Hollywood world, you know, and, like, we walk the black carpet. I walk up. Like, I own the place, and I don't know anybody. I'm getting these, like, VIP access cards. <laughs> We're walking these carpets. We're, like... But our team, shout out to our team being so smart, to they, Mike, Eric although they weren't standing with him because we couldn't have cameras in this one area. We weren't allowed. We could have cameras like in this other room where like the media row would be, but Eric and I were in like this private pre-party thing. Little Wayne's there and characters from the show were there. And everything else. All of a sudden the crowd starts roaring outside and we're like, oh, it's got to be DJ, right? Eric has the ability to raise his chair. He has this like button that he can get it's like eye level, it's called. So it looks like you can actually look someone right. in the face because usually with the wheelchairs, you're always looking down. Yeah. So that's a confidence piece to kind of be able to sit up. So Eric goes eye level, and he's sitting at like about 5'10". So he's up here with me. 
Dwayne walks in and they happen to lock eyes and Dwayne stops what he's doing and comes over to see right her. to him because they've exchanged messages on Twitter before. Sure. He goes, hey, man, you made it out here. I heard you guys might be coming out here because of what you had going on. I'm like, you heard about that? He was like, oh, yeah, definitely. I'm like, hey, I'm Greg. I introduced myself. He's like, Greg, great having you here. It's awesome. I hope you guys have a good time. But our guys can hear in the other room Eric talking to Dwayne, okay? So now Dwayne goes, leaves us, goes into that media row where all the cameras are. and I mean, it's every news channel because it's premiere. It's yeah. a huge show. Yeah. One last question for Mr. Johnson, and one of our guys, Bill, shouts, Hey, we're with Eric LeGrand. You were talking to him in that room. And he was like, Yeah, that guy's the best, whatever. And then he starts talking, and then he literally is just feeding lines from his heart <laughs> about what he feels about Eric. And we're all like, our chins are on the ground because we're like, This is incredible stuff. But Dwayne couldn't have been any more real about what he felt about Eric. He remembered the day. He remembered the story. He remembered reaching out to him after. He remembered their text exchanges and their email exchanges. And, and Dwayne became a guy that's become a part of our team by just chance, you know? And that dude is next level. Yeah. He is next level. There's Greg Hanna, and then there's The Rock. There's, I mean, I'm climbing. <laughs> I'm climbing. I'm bald and handsome there's, like him, but I'm not as jacked yet. There's Christine Conti, and then there's The Rock. <laughs> I haven't met him yet. <laughs> but he's, um, and the funny, the last thing I'll tell you about, about Dwayne too is, because people, like I crack up when I say these guys' names because I've gotten to know them super casual and usually through two or three different people, but I didn't have Twitter at the time. I don't really use it. I'm more of like an Instagram, Facebook guy or whatever. And I told Eric that if the show ever got picked up, I would go on, I would go on Twitter just to start using it. And I said, the first time I, I'm going to put a Twitter or tweet out there, it's going to be Dwayne Johnson. So I monitored like how he does it, and then I put something out there right after the thing, like, great to meet you, honored, thanks for the hospitality, whatever. I put my phone down, and all of a sudden, it just starts pinging, like, left and right. My wife's like, what's with your phone? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Let me. And then Eric calls me. He's like, dude, did you see what just happened? I'm like, no. He's like, DJ just, quote, retweeted your text, and your thing. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? He's like, every follower that he has is going to see that, like, he was psyched to meet Eight us. Eight billion like, people just retweeted yeah, your and, thing. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, holy. So, like, that's like. Kind the, of a big deal, Greg. It's like, the, the Rock says, follow this guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that was like. But it, the funny part is that it came from a place of, like, just pure enjoyment for us moving the needle on this cool issue with a guy that I met a couple of years ago. Dude. And it just turned into – and the other stories are just as great as the next one. Let me one. tell you something, man. You're not making any mistakes here, right? You can sit back and say, it's amazing how all these things happen totally. to me. You can sit here and say, you know, it's just, you know, some stroke of God or, you know, whatever it is. But you're doing this thank for you. yourself, yeah, thank right? You. All these things. You know, Mr. Bramley calls you because you're you. Right, you know, you're in the rotary, and you meet this guy because oh. you're you. Yeah, man. Right, you know, and and maybe the ankle breaking and all that <laughs> stuff wasn't quite meant yeah. to happen, but you know that there, there's uh, the more we analyze our lives, and I think it can be said for all of us, the more the more we analyze our lives, like there's no mystery to it. You know, we're kind of where we're supposed to be totally. when we are, and and uh, you know, and things and things evolve from there. Yeah, it's, I, I agree. So, it's been great, though. It's been yeah. a cool, cool go. And there's still more to go. There's yeah, so, way more to go. It's so, so inspiring. It's so inspiring. Cool. And to sit back and hear the evolution. I call it the evolution of people. So this is, you know, the evolution of Greg Hanna. And what you're doing to advocate for other people, one of the – something that really, you know, picks at my heartstrings is making other people feel that 
they are no different than everyone else. And, you know, I do sit back and say, you know, why fit in when you're born to stand, stand out? It's Dr. Seuss. He's a great yeah. doctor. <laughs> but, you know, why fit in? But guess what? In life, we all want to be accepted. We all want to be loved. We all want to feel good. And, you know, when something disastrous or so we think is disastrous happens to you, with Eric, what touches me is that, you know, I always think, and I go back to Wonder Woman, you know, it's you have two choices in life, choose something or choose nothing, always choose something. And that something could be, all right, well, I'm going to use this as woe is me. This is awful. I hate this. And why me? And God, why are you spiting me? Or, or do you sit there and use it as that gift? And that's, you know, what I talk about and what I've embraced is, you know, life is so short. Are you going to go out and be miserable? Or you're going to say, you know what? Damn it. I'm going to use what I have. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to inspire other people to maybe live a more quality life. And, you know, when I, when I sit back and see this mission possible, this is the whole reason, you know, Brian and I set out with our podcast, like you said, you know, it it wasn't about making a billion dollars. You know what? Yeah. We, we struggle sometimes, but you know, bills and this and that. But when you sit back and go to sleep and say, you know what? I listen to my heart. This feels right. It doesn't, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, but are we making decisions with our family in mind, with the best intentions for helping others and the service above self, like you talked about, you know, with Villanova and level and all of this. I mean, it's easy for Brian and I to sit back and be like, wow, look at this path. And it's all really siphoning into this, this project. You didn't go through all that. This project wouldn't be there because you wouldn't have that focus. You wouldn't see it the same way. And it's fascinating that you can now give that back. This friendship you have with Eric that's blossomed into all these, you know, again, yeah. everyone who's quote unquote famous, <laughs> they're just like us. They put their panties on one leg at a time, their pants on and have some breakfast. It, you know, and it's, we all want to make people feel good in life. Totally. It, I and, love I, it. and that's what you're doing. And it, for us to be able to maybe be a small part in helping yeah. you get that message out, it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And, and what you're working on is just, it's powerful stuff. And obviously we want to help you in any way we can as well. Oh. And if, if we could write you a check for a billion dollars, we totally would. <laughs> right, Brian? Yeah, no, no, it's, I would. <laughs> we would, you know, there's, there's a lot of good to be done and you're doing it. It's pretty awesome. I love it. Real quick, we're going to wrap up. What do you think is happening next? What's next? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I got some big goals for Nova. There's a lot more things that I think can be done to to take our game to the next level. Um, Mission Possible, we're grinding for season two. It's that's a tough world, you know. Yeah. The idea of everything moving past TV and all the different streaming sources and things like that. So, but Eric and I and our team, we got some. We have some moves in mind for the summer. We've also met some great people, um, you know, from a it's it's crazy when you say about these things like re- like recently like Gary Vee's come into our life yeah and Gary Vee's like this you know if you if you he's don't got know some energy him, he's got some energy <laughs> like he he loves Eric he loves what he stands for and he wants to try to help us out so we want to talk to Gary more and his team more and because they're doing great stuff with VaynerMedia and yeah. all these things and you know Fox is still a great source and ally but you know Fox went through like the you know ESPN ABC like that whole Disney merger thing so there's I mean, it's just about timing. So the time was right when we it's did it. It's a crazy right there. industry. Um, you never know, man. But the nice part is, is that we already have pieces there. Like, if someone wants to know what the show is, here it is. There's already six of them. We've already got great 
like our numbers were incredible. The response was incredible. But also, aside from like the projects, for me, it's about the next phase with with my family. Like, yeah. um, I don't know how how you are on time, but but one thing that for me is um, my family's changed drastically over like the past two years. Um, you know, my my wife is adopted. Right. And um, a cool story that oh, I was... that's I forgot about that. Holy but it also, smokes! You, I, you live a life, it's man. It's crazy. Um, Where's your book? Yeah, people... I feel like I need to read the book now. I'm gonna go yeah. back, read the book, put some more of these pieces together. It's episode 104. I, that's yeah. what it is. You know? I thought Price was was uh, Forrest Gump. You're freaking far. You're uh... look after hearing Brian's. I knew I had to try to step up a little bit. You know, let him know he's not the only cat on the block. You know? I can't do what he does, but um, but what's I think what's next for me is is trying to continue to be the best dad I can and 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 be a better <laughs> husband and be, um, you know, just better as a person. Because now, at Nova for the longest time, whenever we did all these great things at Villanova, my mom and dad would come to stuff, and I always wanted the students to see, you know, at thirty eight, thirty nine, that I still want my mom and dad to be proud of me. And um, it's literally as you just had from your guests just recently. It's it transitions from your parents to your children, right? Like right. you know, you want your kids to be proud of you, so. My kids will have an opportunity to say, oh, their their mom and dad did some cool stuff, but I also, I want them to be proud of me, but I also want to start chasing their goals and dreams too. And um, so with my, my wife being adopted and Governor Christie, say what you want about him. And he had his hand behind a bill that allowed adoptees access to their birth records. Right. So in 2015, we were told that birth records were going to come available January 1 of 2017. So my wife applied for her birth records. Um, whenever you have the podcast around families and family ties and family stories, you can sign Diana Hannah up because my wife's story is incredible from a family perspective because my wife's from Florence Township, New Jersey. That's where she was raised by her parents, but she was born in Point Pleasant Hospital. My wife's biological parents were from Point Pleasant. So Diana applied for her birth certificate, received it, um, had her mother's name on it. We started researching mom through social media, weren't really successful. One day I'm tooling around on Facebook. I find my old chiropractor, Dr. Mike Warner from Point Pleasant. I called Dr. Mike. I said, hey, I see you recently met some family in Ireland. I'd love to know about it. I tell him about Diana. He goes, take the Ancestry DNA test, get your results back. I'd love to help you search the family trees, whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. He's like, but in the meantime, I've been a doctor here in Point Pleasant for 40 years. I'll start asking my patients who are around your parent, her parents' ages if they've ever heard of them. Great. Calls me two weeks later. He goes, where are you? So I'm on 76, the school, uh-huh. driving to Nova. Pull over. I'm like, I'm in bumper-to-bumper traffic, homeboy. I ain't moving. <laughs> He's like, I found someone that knows Diana's mother. And I said, wow, uh-huh. what do you know? Well, they don't, they haven't seen her in 30 years, but this one woman was in the hospital room when your wife was born. So my wife goes from getting a birth certificate before she talked on the phone to this woman. I called my buddy, Sean Henry, who coaches basketball for the girls, maybe still does at Point Burrow. And I said, go into the archives and pull a yearbook and look for this woman's name and send me a picture. So we, Diana saw a picture of her mom, black and white, first. And then two weeks later, three weeks later, I was a phone call with a woman who was in the hospital room when my wife was born. Crazy story for another time. But then that led to this woman saying, I know your father. And I'm friends with him on Facebook. This is his name. Look him up. Blah, 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 blah. Wow. So my, my wife 
two years ago connected with her biological father and has connected with her biological mother about two weeks after that, two years ago. And now we're surrounded by probably 45, 50 new family members um, that my wife has always wondered. And it's just been incredible for my children now to have, you know, they have all these grandparents of all different ages because <laughs> Diana's biological parents are in their 50s, young. Young. And then my parents are like 60s approaching, you know, 70s. And then Diana's parents are in their 70s approaching. So my kids are going to be blessed by this. But it was a long, hard process. But what's crazy is, and the reason why I even talk about it, it's the same thing that you were saying. Like, here I am walking this path in life and you wonder why certain things happen, Right. And I hope anyone that's a fan of your show or works out with you guys or trains with whatever, like just tries to keep their eyes open at times to wonder why certain things are happening or where they're going. So <laughs> this is nuts, ready? I'm going to try to explain the best way I can. I'm a young kid. I go to Dr. Micah's for my chiropractor because he was looking for new patients. And my mom's best friends with his then administrative assistant. So she's making calls saying, come to the office. We have a new doctor, free adjustments, whatever. That's how I meet this guy who helps me through the process. The woman, the administrative assistant, Lori, who's best friends with my mom, her father, is his name is was Dr. Lawrence DeBellis. Dr. DeBellis was the superintendent of Point Schools. Right. He was the superintendent of Point Borough High School, who hired the principal of Point Borough High School who winds up being Diana's biological father's father. Her paternal grandfather was the principal of Point Borough High School who was hired by my mother's best friend's father. <laughs> now what's crazy I'm is... I'm going to have to write this down, <laughs> Greg. I was, as a young kid, I hung out with Dr. DeBellis, who at the same time was hanging out with my now wife's paternal family. Right. They were friends. So when this whole thing was evolving, I was starting to know people in the process because we were from the same, like the world's super small. Super small, yeah. But then you go back and go like, break my foot, go to ocean, go to Mammoth, meet my wife. Didn't know an adoption journey would happen in our life in that time. And then it's happening. And then it goes back to Dr. Mike and to Lori to doctor, to like, I knew these people, and my wife and I were born in the same hospital. Like, we're we're from the same area, so it's like sometimes like Frankie and I were meant to be, and Eric and I, and Mike and I, but like my wife and I too, because like all these things have just happened, and I share all of it with my students at Nova all the time, and I share it with anyone that I can because, like you said, you know, we listen to A-listers. We'll listen to what Howard Stern tells us on the radio. We'll listen to what Michael Strahan says on Good Morning America. We'll listen to Instagram fitness folks. We listen to them, right? Everybody's, you know, anybody with an audience, right? We think they know what they're talking about. But then there's people like us out here in the world living, right? And like my life, like anyone else's, we have hard days too. And my wife and I have hard times and our kids have hard times. And you want the good to outweigh the bad, but when you live in the moment sometimes, you're like you're you're staring at the face and you're not really liking what you see. Like, we all do that. And I, those guys that live in that world out there, they do it too. But, like, I, if I'm, like, an average guy, if I'm, like, the average guy, well, if you listen to what I'm doing 
and I'm an average guy and you might have an opportunity to be better than that, then go do it. Because if I did it my way, you might have a different way to do it. And then when I can share all that, and then it's the same thing for that student. Like I have a freshman kid coming in, motorized wheelchair, CP, my man Liam. I can't wait for him to come to Nova because he's going to kick Nova's ass. And the reason why is because of everything that that group behind me has helped build over the years. But that dude's also going to know not just who I am, but like who we are in hopes that he can go and do that. And that's where Mission Possible can do it. And that's where we all just try to find our spot. And, and I, it's been incredible to say the least. And, but nothing happens by mistake. Although I question every move (laughs) when you're staring at a cast as a 17 year old and you're pissed off and you can't do anything. And then you go like, why is this happening? Well, there you have it. I'm 39. I'm pretty cool with why it happened, and and I'm looking forward to what's next. And it'll be, it'll be just as good, if not better, than where we are now. Best is yet to come, Greg. No doubt. There you go. It's my wedding song. Yeah, Sinatra. Amazing man. I mean, look. Thanks for coming in. No, thanks for, thanks for laying it all out. <laughs> right? Get it right now. Absolutely, and, and you know that's it. And he lives like this, man. You should see the text that I was getting from this cat. He, uh, you know, I, I was excited to do my own podcast. Like, I am always excited to do it, but this guy is fired up. I'm like, holy! You know, here we <laughs> I go. said if we were coming in here. I'm like, I love it. I love it. We're pumped. I'm always pumped. But it's it's just, just, you know. Look, oh, like a good movie review, you made us laugh, you made us cry, you made us think, right? And uh, and your story is just amazing. You know, we we put on a we put on a podcast for for fitness and health and and nutrition, but really it's about life and it's about stories. And uh, yours is second to none. Thanks, it's man. Uh, it's it's uh, it's just been a gift to have you come in and and talk to us. And uh, and gosh, I, I have a feeling we'll do it again. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready tomorrow. And for everyone that you know, everyone that's out there, all you fans, everything, go. Just think about the people you surround yourself with and, and always, you know, love who you've been around and learn from it and, and give thanks to the people that have helped you get there, man, because I got a lot of people to thank, you know, that, that speech will be big, but for Beautiful. my family and all you guys and everybody, but for you, man, it started way back from a, well, from a, well, from a park. Well, there you go. That's, that's my story. That's you know, I met you, I met you in Indian Hill Park and here, here we, we are. are, here we are. So you better keep inspiring that world because a lot of people need you. I'm just going to keep way. being me. I don't think exactly. he's letting up, Conti. Exactly. Here it comes. That's it. That's I'll, it. Be, I'll be here tomorrow to yell at you. Let's go. Floodgates are open. No, thank All you right. for having me, man. Thank All you right. so very much. You know what we need from you, though, is we need for you to share with our listeners where they can find out more about Mission Possible, about Level, um, just everything that you're involved in right now, because we're going to put that out, obviously, on our social media platform. Um, we'll get that on our websites and whatnot, and then, you know, obviously we'll share that with you as well. So where can they find everything? Sure. Um, foxsports.com backslash Mission Possible. Anything for Villanova, you can look up Villanova Level, Office of Disability Services of Villanova. Anything that way will get you to where we are. Um, also, I have the great honor of being a board member for Team Legrand from the Dana and Christopher Reeve Foundation. So if you're interested in Eric... Look up Team Legrand. He's getting ready to host his second flag football tournament up at Rutgers. We created that two years ago. Something I'm super excited about. That that was a phone conversation in my garage. I'm like, dude, you need to do What's more. What's the date of that? It's uh, this Saturday. This Saturday. Yep. Okay. Um, and then he has his big walk, Walk to Believe. It's in June. I think it's June 9th up at Rutgers. It's like a run walk. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome event. So Team Legrand, you look that stuff up. And then just 
me personally, anyone can search me out anyway. You know, search me out through Facebook, Instagram, just Gregory Hanna. However I can be of anything to anyone, just hit me up. However I can help you guys. Awesome, man. Get it. All right. I'm about to go get crossed up in the parking lot here. <laughs> I'm going to go referee this. <laughs> referee this. Uh, he's, grown, he's grown a bit. And like you said, I have not. Um, you know, but. Uh, You're fast. He's got to Yeah, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to make the best of this. So appreciate it very much, Greg. It's uh, phenomenal. And uh, we just love having I you. I can't in. wait to watch all the Mission Possible. Cool. I'm going to get my tissue boxes That's ready, it. Greg. Enjoy tissue it. Tissue boxes and just. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for you and, and everything that's going on. Thank you. And with that said, my name's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.